You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. All right, welcome into another edition of the Patriot Nation podcast, of course, presented by FanDuel, the official sports wagering partner of CLNS Media. Go to FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up today. Of course, it's your boy, Pat Lane, as always here with my co-host, Matt St. Jean. And today, we have a very special guest. It is Bill's Week, and so we have a very special guest. One of our best friends over here uh, is, is Jay Spence. Spence from Buffalo Rumblings and the host of the Code of Conduct podcast. And just doing doing big things over there. So, uh, Spence, thanks so much for uh, for coming through, man. Thanks, man. You know, anytime. You know, it's always fun during Patriots Week to kind of link with you guys. And I try to make sure I talk my stuff throughout the year anyway, so you know I'm always watching. But <laughs> but it's always fun for us to be able to connect. And, and uh, man, and you guys, you're killing it, you know, ever since the transition. I just want to say I, I do keep up. I, I might not comment all the time, but I do want you all to know I, I keep up and pay attention. You guys are killing it, man. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And we, you know, you of course still still over at Buffalo Rumblings, which is great. And they they kept you on for a reason. You guys have a great great stuff over there. And so, uh, you know, we're always we always love having you back on because you know you're part of the part of the SB Nation family. I know we're not you know we're not with SB Nation anymore, but still the SB Nation family. We're still family. Yeah, you're still exactly. family. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, oh look at this! I didn't even realize this. Bill uh, Patriots. Uh, I'm sorry, the Bruins currently up 4-1 on the Sabres. So Boston team beating a beating a Buffalo team right now as we speak. So uh, maybe good karma. <laughs> so <laughs> so Sabres, um, man, it's like I don't know what to do. Like the Sabres. So I'm not a hockey fan, but it's like I try to get into it. And every season course, I, yeah. it's like, you know, you try it when the season starts, all the, you know, the fresh excitement is there. So you try to yeah. dive in on it. And then the Sabres just come out and every year, man, it's like they do this. And it's like, you know what? You're right. I just, uh, I'll stick to, I'll stick to what I know. I'm okay for now. <laughs> well, I remember they drafted Jack Eichel and everyone was like, oh, Jack Eichel is going to be this. And he, mm-hmm. you know, he's Boston guy and everything like that. And they just could never do anything with him. And so he's gone. He's somewhere else now. I'm not sure where he even is, to be honest with you. I'm pretty sure the organization mishandled that situation. And he was like, I want out. Yeah, if I'm remembering yeah. that correctly, not ideal. Not ideal. Don't the, do the Bills and the Sabers share the same ownership? They do. The Pagulas are yeah. the, the owners, which is of both interesting because I feel like they've done such a good job with the Bills. I mean, I guess maybe See, just as of late, but like I feel like they've done a really nice job lately. I feel like they lucked into it. So like their first hire, so like they they you know they get the team and their first hire for head coach is Rex Ryan, and then they bring in Rob Ryan as his. Like defensive, I don't even, yeah. it, it, it was just bad. So I feel like the whole thing with Sean McDermott and and, and actually getting uh, Brandon Bean in as, as general manager, I kind of think it was one of those situations where it was just like, you know what, the stars aligned, you got the you got the right quarterback, you got the right coach, you got the right GM at the right time, and just aligned for us. We've been patient, we've been in purgatory for long enough. <laughs> Yeah. So it just lined up for us now, but uh, but the Pagulas, I will tell you though, I, I do think that they're good owners as far as they're not they're not cheap with their with their franchises. They yeah. anything that the team needs as far as you know technology, as far as coaching, as far as anything, they're gonna go and try to get it done. It's just unfortunately they just haven't figured the formula out for hockey as they have for for football right now. But it's yeah. coming. 
Just be yeah. patient, Sabres fans. Be patient. Also helps when you got a ton of talent on the roster. That that also helps. That helps. You know what I mean? That so helps. you gotta you gotta go out and do those things. And it's funny, you look at what you know they're kind of what they did and what Philadelphia did is very similar, right? You you feel like you have a really good team and you're just missing that number one guy, right? And you go out and you get that number one guy in Stephon Diggs. And it's funny because it worked out for Minnesota too, because they ended up drafting, you know, Justin Jefferson, right? Tennessee, not so much because they drafted the wrong guy, right? And so it's just, it's kind of funny how it can benefit you if you draft the right guy, but it it seems to work out for the team that makes the trade for that number one guy anyways. And Diggs is a guy that I believe it's nine straight weeks, doesn't have a hundred yard receiving game. Uh, knocked me out of my fantasy uh, my fantasy league a few weeks ago, unfortunately, um, <laughs> because I started him and I shouldn't have, but nevertheless, I will say this week, and it's a little it's a little teaser for our prop bets later on, but this week I have a note in my phone, literally a note that I had put in my phone from the last time the Patriots played, and Diggs had a rough game against the Patriots the last time he played. And the Patriots were talking this shit, man. They were, oh, yeah, that guy, yeah, you know, so-and-so, and, and he's not doing anything, and he's the, this guy and this guy. And, the, and so I literally put a reminder in my phone that was like, bet the Stefan Diggs over on receiving yards because it's just like, I was like, this dude's going to come in and be like, nah, no, I'm, I'm putting up 150 on these guys. They're going to talk that, you're going to talk that junk, you know? So we'll see if that really happens, but that's kind of, that's where I feel is, is trending for, uh, for Stefan Diggs. Well, I'll tell you what, as a Bills fan, of course, I, you know, I would love to see it. And then I have him in a couple fantasy leagues, so I would love to see it. But, yep. but even outside of that, the thing is that I'm impressed with, and, you know, I feel like a lot of Bills fans would say the same right now. So right now, the thing is, the Bills have been figuring out how to win lately, and we haven't had to have Stefan Diggs have a big day. You know, we've been finding yeah. ways uh, with James Cook. We've been finding ways with Dalton Kincaid or Khalil Shakir in other moments or, um, you know, just, you know, we're finding other ways. Gabe Davis is over this last weekend. So the thing is, once you get to the playoffs, once you get to these moments where your back is against the wall and you have to figure it out, you do have a superstar in Stephon Diggs that can turn it on. But I will say this season, you know, I, I give him a lot of credit all the time. I show him love as much as possible. But also got to be honest, he's had more drops this year than he's had his entire career. So, you know, it also comes to a point where, look, we got we to gotta figure out how to get him the ball. Josh has to stop with these underthrows. Last week he had like two in the first quarter one in a second, you know, so you got to be accurate and get, get your guy to ball. But then also Diggs has to be Diggs. Like you can't, um, I can't be rough on Gabe Davis last season when he has seven or eight drops. And then this season say nothing about Diggs. So like I said, I love Diggs and he's that dude. And I know he's going to be that guy for us in the playoffs, but it's been a combination of all of it. He has to start catching some balls, man, Paul. Yeah. You know, but he has to start catching some, some passes. He has to. Right. Well, it's it's going to be a, a banged up New England secondary this week too. I mean, it has been all season, but they just uh, you know you got Alex Austin playing a ton of snaps for you, and they just picked up the uh, the, the name is escaping me, but the guy from Arizona who played at Florida Marco, through the shoe in that game. Yeah, yeah, okay. just grabbed him off waivers. Maybe he'll play and see some Stefan Diggs on uh, Sunday. So um, it'll be rough. So wait. I might be missing something because I haven't even looked yet. So is JC Jackson, is he out? JC Jackson, away from yes. the team. Yeah, so he, um, okay. two weeks ago, I think two weeks ago, uh, going to the game they lost, the home game they lost, 
was active for the game and then never showed up. And so I, they, he left for whatever reason. And his agent came out and said something like, you know, he's dealing with some mental health issues right now. And so he's actually, he's on like the, he's on like one of those like reserve lists, right. Where it's not, it's like a non football injury list. Um, And so he is away from the team right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I apologize. Normally, um, I'll I'll already be caught up to the point where I've watched the game, like the last three games and whatnot. Christmas weekend has thrown me off oh, completely. Man. I went to L.A. and then so I haven't even watched the last weekend's Bills game back yet. So <laughs> I'm I'm definitely you know trying to trying to catch up. But the reason why I asked that is because so last time we did play you guys, J.C. Jackson actually had a good game against Dig. Yeah. Diggs. Um. Um. Now, there's been times in the past where Diggs kind of. You know he had his way. <laughs> he had his way yeah. with the defense, at, you know, in New England. So we'll see what happens. But but with with that being the case and those guys being out, man, then yeah, I'm expected to you know help me uh, do my parlay for my uh, my my show this Sunday. So yeah, thank you. I gotta. There you go. That's, that's gonna be big. So, yeah. Yeah. So my question here is, how has the interior of the line looked for the Bills? Because I think the way the Patriots are gonna try to stop Stephon Diggs is just. You know as much Christian Barmore in Josh Allen's lap as possible here. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, in years past, it's been one of my biggest complaints about the Buffalo Bills protect Josh Allen. We got to learn how to run the football, we can't block properly. If you know, like, we got to, we got to get not the season. I haven't had a complaint. There may have been a moment here or there where you might have some cause, you know, but but to me, that's more so about just doing your job, you know, in in that making mistakes but as far as protecting josh allen and doing the things that they're supposed to do uh the offensive line this is the best that i've seen it since josh allen has been quarterback so there's going to be opportunities for sure uh you know even even our you talk you talk about the middle of the line there um a rookie he he's osiris he's he's doing a great job osiris is doing a fantastic job so when i say this um i'm giving him a lot of credit and a lot of praise there but He's a rookie. So there's been moments during the season where, you know, you can tell that he's a rookie. But overall, you know, I don't have many complaints. Spencer Brown, last season, Bills fans were ready for him to go. They're like, man, get this guy out of town as fast as possible. Now this year, he's playing He's playing at a level that, you know, people are like, man, what, what year is he in on his contract? Do we need to extend him already? Yeah. You know, like he's playing great and... You know, Deion Dawkins is Deion, you know. So we're, we're playing very well up front. We're running the ball. We're first time since LaShawn McCoy that uh, we've had a a really effective run game without having to have Josh Allen 700 650 rushing yards. Right. so yeah so no it's it's a it's been fun to watch after we've made the transition with our offensive coordinator you know it's it, you can talk about winning in different ways right and I just you know that that Cowboys game to me I mean Josh Allen attempts 15 passes which is insane I mean you know you got a guy that attempts 15 passes and you're like, all right, well, they must've had a, just a brutal game or something must've happened or whatever, but they went 31 to 10 and, you know, and they, and they, they give the rock to James cook, what, 25 times. I mean, like they just ran at will and just dominated that Buffalo defense. And so the Patriots are, have been one of the best rushing defenses in the league. Right. And so you wonder if they're going to switch roles now this week and say, well, it's tough to run against the Patriots, so we're going to run at times, but we're not going to focus on the run game, right? We're going to kind of run to set up the pass, and it's those moments when the Patriots were winning Super Bowls. That's what they would do is that they you'd go in and say, all right, well, they got Brady, 
and they'd run 35 times and, and, and win by 20. You're like, what the hell? Like they didn't even throw, you know? And so being able to do that with your offense makes you so hard to defend, especially when you have an elite quarterback and actually good weapons on offense like the Bills do, because now it's like you never know how they're going to beat you, right? You can't game plan against them because they're almost impossible to stop at that point. And so I think that the Bills really um, have found something with James Cook and found something, like you said, with the new offensive coordinator. I think that that really have made, has made a big difference for them. Um, and so, you know, I wonder what you think about that. I mean, I know you mentioned a little bit, but kind of what you think about about if, you, if you're going to see this, you know, kind of continue for them. I mean that that would be the goal uh, because th- this is the this is the first time since like I guess I want to say like the peak of like Brian Dayball's time in Buffalo where it just seems like everything is clicking and uh, to have a quarterback like Josh Allen I mean you guys get it like you've you've had Tom Brady at during that that stretch and so like just imagine having Tom Brady and having a team where it's like look we have a Randy Moss caliber player why are we not like why don't we just why aren't we winning? You know, it's like, right. why isn't the yeah. offense looking like the offense? And, yeah. you know, you have games and, you know, this season, you lose to the Broncos, you lose earlier to, to the Patriots, you lose to, you know, you, you you think of these games where you almost, when the schedule comes out, you write them off. And then you end up losing them. And now you're in a place, luckily now things have turned around and the playoffs seem like we're, you know, it's a short thing, but you were fighting for that position. So now, things are looking good, you need to continue that. And I think the the connection that Josh Allen and Joe Brady have together, I think that works. I think that you're seeing um, a lot of a lot of motions and just a lot of things that will confuse defenses and make defenses unaware of what your intentions are instead of, you know, Oh, let's bring this extra offensive lineman in and bring another tight end. And no, we're not going to run the ball. We're just, instead of doing that, they actually right. do things that make James cook looks like it might, he might, go out for a pass and instead he actually does cut back on the counter and do something crazy go for 20 yards it's just a whole different level of creativity that i'm enjoying to watch when it comes to them putting the guys in position to what they do best like kincaid is a very good route runner he's a very good catcher of the football so what they're doing is they're putting him in positions against guys who can't defend well that's what smart offensive coordinators do and that's what we're finally getting with him first part of the season we could see it if you go back and watch all 22 oh my god he was open almost every play we weren't getting on the now it it just seems like every week he's having a big play here or he's making a a third down catch for a first down there i just you have to continue that was a long way to answer your question yes this needs to continue for the buffalo bills well well, and i think the other thing that's helped you guys out is figuring it back out defensively you know that you start off the year so strong on defense and then you get bad injuries milano and trey white go out and I mean, you let Mac Jones go up and down the field on you. I feel like in some ways that's a low point. And now the defense looks a lot better than it did. I think you've kind of figured out ways to scheme around the issues. So then it's it's just easier on the offense. You can play looser. You don't have to play from behind. Um, and you can, you know, you don't have to worry about turning the ball over as much because you know the defense has your back. You can play with more fluidity. And, you know, no matter who the play caller is, having a defense help out on the other end is going to make your offense look better. I mean, I, I, there's it's kind of it's, it's kind of layered, you know, like so, yes, on one hand, I do think the defense is playing a little bit better. I think they figured out a way to kind of mask 
Matt Milano not being there and to kind of help out where you lose a Daquan Jones. They're using the safeties a little bit more as linebackers. So so Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, well, he's been injured. But uh, but Jordan Poyer, when he's in, he's playing, he's almost playing what Matt Milano's position is. And then they bring in the Taylor Rapp. They bring in the DeMar Hamlin at certain situations to where you have some depth and you can kind of bring, you know, you still can do that and allow Jordan Poyer to fill in a hole elsewhere. Uh, but also the, the thing is that the D, the offense looks good. So you're finally doing some things where you're playing complementary football and offense to where now you're not losing the time of possession game. You know, you go back to that Bengals game that we lost and the Bills lost, I believe it was like 33 or 34 minutes to 20. It was like the time of possession was off. The game against the, the, the Broncos, time of possession was lost. And, you know, and when that happens and you have an older defense, you got a Von Miller coming back off a knee injury. You have, uh, you know, it just guys you're not looking at these 21 year old guys that can be out right. there all day so when it happens they're gassed in the fourth quarter and that's how you lose a game against the broncos in the fourth that's how you lose against the patriots and you can't uh come back to beat the jaguars that's how that happens so uh look when your offense is able to, to win that time of possession and the defense can kind of rest and enjoy and then you're turning the ball over now you have more energy you're you know in the fourth quarter when those guys are scrambling trying to figure things out now there's a tip drill you know, now things are fun, but it's not fun when, when teams are ahead and they can run the ball in the fourth and just pound. It's not as much fun. So I think it's, I think it's twofold. The defense have figured a couple things out, but I think Ken Dorsey being transitioned on and moving on to Joe Brady and, and the offense absolutely just looking more like the offense that we expected. I think that's the thing that, that has changed the season for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Well, and you think about it too. I mean, you need the defense, right? You need the defense to play the way they've been playing. You're led by the, I mean, it should be the way it should work for the bills that the offense should be leading the way. Right. But you need the defense to kind of play that complimentary football. And, you know, like Matt said, you started out strong on defense, shaky on offense. Then you got better on offense, but then shaky on defense. Right. And now it seems like they're both playing well together. And so I think that makes such a big difference. And Matt Milano, like, you know, BC guy like we all love Matt Milano around here and like he was a guy that a few years ago when he was up for free agency I was like we need to bring Matt Milano and people were like why and I'm like are you nuts like he look look at what he's doing over in Buffalo but it was before it's funny because he really hadn't become a household name at that point I'm sure Bills fans knew he wasn't liked him Mm -hmm. but he really wasn't a household name before that point and they signed him to that extension and the very next year, he was an All-Pro. Uh, and I was like, man, I told you. Like, I'm sitting there like, what the hell, man? I told you this guy needed to come back. So, um, of course, they never even let him get a free agency, which which is the right move. But it is funny to see him and Trey White go down with injuries. And, and then, you know, the defense plays kind of even better than they were. And so I think this is the moment. And, look, we talked about this. I think I mentioned this on your show. Last year felt like the year, right? It felt like the year you had – you had the the horrifying shooting at the beginning of the at the beginning of the year, which kind of brings the community together, and you feel like we're playing for the community. And then you have, of course, the Demar situation at the end of the year, which is like horrifying. And then you just felt like the team was so good, and they had all these things behind them. But then it's also like there's also so much added pressure when when stuff like that happens, right? Where it's like mm-hmm. we can't let people down because we're because we're playing for more than just us. It's bigger than that that can be daunting, right? And that can feel like a lot of pressure. Whereas this year, they sucked, right? They were six and six. They were on the outside looking into the playoffs. They had the McDermott stuff comes out. 
the 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 Vaughn Miller stuff, which I still don't know if there's been even what the hell happened with that thing. But like he had all these things and no one's talking about them anymore. And now all of a sudden they've gone on this on this three game run where it's like they look like the best team in football. And so I think that this is one of those years where like the Bills can, you know, sneak into the playoffs, quote unquote. No one's talking about them. And all of a sudden they become this team that nobody wants to play in the playoffs and they can and they can make a deep run. And I think a lot of that is because of what happened kind of at the beginning of the year where, or that kind of middle swoon where then they come back from that and no one's talking about them and boom, they sneak, they sneak in and surprise everyone. You know, it, it's funny. You, you mentioned some of the things that happened last year. I can, I can probably list another eight things yeah, that happened right. to the team that I, part of the thing that last year that a lot of people just don't want to give credit to is the fact that these guys got burned out, man. Like, yeah. you know, you mentioned, you mentioned the emotional roller coaster of it. Our one half of our ownership, Kim Pagula uh, had a health scare that completely changed the dynamics of what a day to day looked like around the building because she was more involved on a day to day basis. She was, you know, and so you talk about that. So that changes. Then you talk about, you know, your defensive coordinator takes a step away from the game. He chooses not to be around. Yep. And then you talk about, you know, last year, that was the year that Brian Dayball gets hired for head coach. So he leaves. So now he gets a whole different voice on the offensive side. Then you talk about, you know, just physical snowstorm the week before yeah. Thanksgiving in Buffalo. You have to, you know, last minute, we think the game is going to get canceled. It's a Thursday night game. Tuesday, they decide to go to Detroit to play a home game. Uh, you know, it, just so again, I'm just saying like, it's, yeah, it's, it was. So it's things like that, that a lot of things that add up to the end of the year. Then you talk about the DeMar Hamlin uh, tragedy, but then it turned out to be uh, just a beautiful story. Then you get to the playoffs and it just all comes crashing down. Now, we got destroyed. There's no excuses for getting destroyed. But I mean, like these guys got burned out. Now, one of the things that I think is crazy about this year, you mentioned the story about uh, coach and you talk about all this other stuff. I feel like this team this year feels like these stories are almost like nothing. Like it's like. Oh, okay. Uh, coach came out and, and he made a statement about it. Like, yeah, okay, I did say it. I, I apologize because it was stupid. I shouldn't have said, like, I was trying to land somewhere and it didn't quite land. But whatever, we moved on. Like, it, and that's nothing compared to last year. You know, that's nothing compared to DeMar Hamlin dying in front of your eyes on the field. Right. That's nothing. You know, so when you compare it to all of these other things from last year, I think the team this year, um, they're able to look at these distractions as like, this is high school stuff. All right, whatever. Let's move on. Now, I do think there are some serious things that's going on. That's another thing. I'm on the I'm on the side of things that look. I understand that whatever happened, as far as somebody saying that things weren't it didn't happen the way it happened. I know that there was a call made to the police. I know that there were photos. I know that there's a police report, and I know that this is not the first time that things have been said. So for me, I feel like the investigation needs to to be made like something we need to figure out whatever's happening there i'm not saying von is guilty i'm not right. saying he's innocent what i'm saying is we need to figure this thing out because if this guy is um if he's the if if he's a guy that doesn't need to be in a position to be benefiting from his talents because he doesn't know how to treat women then that's something that this team needs to know now if he's innocent then great that's something that we need to know to clear his name so that way we can move forward and we don't have to worry about any dark cloud going forward right. but aside from that i think this team this year 
there's no drama, man. Like this is this is actually I think the, I think the article thing actually motivated the team. Like, all right, come on, let's get together and just rally behind yeah. coach. Let's just show what it really is like. Well, and I think with where the Bills are too, when you you kind of play well for most of the season, but it doesn't translate into wins and losses, and you're kind of you know just shooting that yourself sucks. in the foot. And then you find ways to get things going. You build confidence in the team and camaraderie in the locker room and guys come together and uh, you can almost start playing your best football at the most important time in the season because of it. Um, So like, I don't, I'll tell you this, but I would not want to be the team that has to play the bills in the playoffs, assuming you get in because they might end up being a six seed here, but you know, they're not a six seed in terms of the way they play on the field. Uh, obviously, you know, that's going to depend in part here on what happens Sunday afternoon because the Patriots can try to spoil this party right here. But um, no, I mean, it's the way it looks right now. It looks like another Bills at Chiefs game. That's most of the projections I'm seeing, which has to be a little bit traumatizing for you to see that as a possibility. But it is a great opportunity to kind of get some revenge and get over the hump. But see, for me, it's not isn't so. Now we haven't done it in the playoffs, so I guess from that perspective, it's like, yeah, you can beat them at at their home during the season, and it is what it is, and you got to do it in the playoffs. But I, without even taking that into context, to me, it's like, look, I look at the Chiefs, and I'm just not afraid of them, uh, like like I think most teams used to be. I think Patrick Mahomes, we all know that he's still big. T- he's all t- like the dude is awesome, right? But when he throws it, and those guys catch it. The play that whatever happens after they catch it, it just doesn't let quite look the same when you're watching Kansas City. Yeah, um, if they don't catch it, <laughs> I was gonna say, and even then, sometimes they don't even catch it. Uh, defensively, oh my god, it's a, it's, I love to watch their defense. They play very good defense. Um, they're young, they're fast. I think their defensive line, they're, they're nasty. I love, you know, I love yeah. that type of football. But when you watch that offense, man, if if Travis Kelsey, if a, if a defense figures out how to kind of just just kind of put the clamps on him it's tough for anybody else to get going you know Isaiah Pacheco is is, is a weapon but outside of that man it's tough for for it's tough for <laughs> I feel bad saying this because I hate giving the guy any type of I, I, you, I'm sure you guys saw me on uh, on uh, Christmas going in on Patrick Mahomes with everything <laughs> so I hate to give him any yeah. excuse but it's like his his supporting cast really this is what this is what Lamar Jackson had to deal with most of his career Right. Well, you know, and it's funny because we up here in New England talked about that with Brady, right? And the rest of the league was like, oh, Brady, Brady's just over the hill. The 2013 is the perfect example. Like, he set the record for, like, most drops in a season, <laughs> right? And it was just like, yeah, he just thinks and he just thinks now. And it's like, well, actually, his supporting cast is terrible. Like, what do you want him to do, right? And so, but it was that, like... He never got a break. And now I feel like Mahomes is getting all the breaks. Oh, you know, his supporting cast is this and that. And it's funny. We talk about Travis Kelsey and, and everyone, you know, the ter- curse of Taylor Swift and all this crap. And now, you know, Travis Kelsey's not as good as he used to be. And it's like, well, he's like 50 yards away from another thousand yard season. Like he's doing pretty good. Like he's he has the second most yards out of any tight end in the NFL right now. So, like, it is funny when you look at because you expect the projection you know you expect the productivity right. to be up here right and it's still like here it's just not quite as high as it has been in the past right and so it is interesting to kind of see you know the pedestal that we put these guys on and then to kind of see what they have is is interesting i just don't think this chiefs this chiefs team you don't have to worry about 13 seconds with this chiefs team like you, you take the lead with 13 seconds left. i think i think you'll be all right you know what i mean so like uh but 
but it is interesting to to kind of see. I think that matchup would be awesome. Um, I think the Bills yeah, would I'd love it. the drama. Probably win, what? but I think it would be it'd be an interesting matchup. Yeah, uh, the theme I always come back to is the 06 Pats team, where you got Brady throwing a Rache Caldwell and Jabbar Gaffney and Chad Jackson and Doug Gabriel out there. And of course, the response to that was to go add Wes Wilker and Randy Moss for the same season. So, right, I think we're all on the same page and hoping the Chiefs don't go ahead and do the equivalent. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's. Yeah, right. I'm hoping the Chiefs yeah. don't trade for Devonte Adams and sign Mike Evans or something like that. Like, that would be bad news. <laughs> yeah, not good. Not yeah, good for no, anyone involved. No, we don't need that at all. At all. <laughs> no. And so, I don't want them to draft anybody. No, I don't want any. I just no. You just stay. Just stay like this. Right, exactly, exactly. Stay moral. We like you flawed, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right, so I had a question for you here about, now you're a little bit of an outsider here, obviously not looking at, not listening to the Boston Sports Talk Radio and not, you know, paying attention to the Patriots but not watching every game. What do you think about Bill Belichick? Do you think Bill Belichick should be gone next year? Do you think he will be gone next year? You know, what? what's your kind of, what's your take on it? Because obviously it has an impact on you. But it's not as much as not as impactful as Patriots fans, and so just curious, kind of what you think, um, for as kind of outside perspective, I guess. For me, I, I, I so I do think that he's gone. Um, I, I know. So you and I spoke on my show the other day, and you talked about how the team is still playing hard for him, and you know how you can just kind of see certain things that kind of make you question whether or not he's actually going to be gone, and I can see that. But then I, I also look at it where. Um, he he might not come at least to me he might not come across where he wants to come out and say like yo i'm the goat you know but i think there comes a moment where you know his ego has to be bruised when we just talked about tom brady he goes to tampa bay wins the super bowl this guy has been struggling since tom brady has left and i think for him to go somewhere where there's an opportunity where you can step in and it's like this team needs a coach and maybe you know a couple pieces here or there like you got a team with a court i could see you know there's a opportunity that opened up in LA with a very good quarterback with a very good running back and wide receiver and a decent you know I can see him going a defensive mind putting some pieces together for a team mm-hmm. that struggled defensively I can see that so it just depends on what your what you think he wants to do I think for him I don't think he wants to go out the, the last few years with his resume looking like this now um as far as the team playing hard for him. I absolutely see that. And that's why I don't think anybody should go into this weekend sleeping on the Patriots. I think the bills just are in a motivated space. So that's why I think we do cover, but I don't think we cover because it's like, Oh, the Patriots suck. And I think you play hard for, for bill. I just think that right now the Buffalo bills understand like, look, we gotta, we, we can't leave anything to chance. Like we have to control our destiny. We have to do it. As a bills fan, will you be happy to see bill walk away? No, no, I like him losing right now. Like I, I'm being honest. Like he's won so many games, and then I know he's yeah. what is he like seventeen or eighteen games away from like. Uh, he's, he's, he's close he's to like to the all time record, right? Fourteen yeah, games. Fourteen, yeah. I don't want to see that. Like, no, I want you to win two games every year, win three games every year. <laughs> if you want to break it, you're going to need nine seasons, Bill. Is that what you want to do? That's fine. That's what I want to see. But no, uh, to be honest, I, I respect him as a head coach. I would I would like to see him stay there, retire as a coach there, go out. I don't want to go see him, you know, start over a program with a different city with a different time. No, I, I would like to see him stay. Okay, interesting. 
It's a good take on it. It's a good take. So you think? But you see, think I the, felt like that about Brady, though. You know, I, I, I'm yeah. not the one to run from competition. As 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 great as he was, I I wanted to. Ah, oh, man, I, so bad. I wanted it to be where things crossed up, where he was great. He had a good team. We had Josh. We had a good team, and it was like, no, we really beat you guys. And it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't the old beat down Tom Brady. It wasn't Peyton Manning in his last Super Bowl. You know, it was like, no, we we took. We took it from Tom Brady. Right. We didn't get that opportunity, man. So, like, I feel like that's what's happening for us with the coaching level of it. So, I, I want him to stay, but no, nah, I wanted Brady to stick around, man. I did. I, I'm sure that 2021 playoff game felt good, but it would feel a lot better if it was 12 on the other sideline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it sure. was great. But if 12 was there, man, like, you. <laughs> 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 if, if 12 was there it does not go down like that i'll tell you that much <laughs> no it doesn't but if, even if we won by three with 12 there like, right it doesn't matter right oh, it doesn't matter yeah yeah it doesn't matter yeah. right what's well, funny and that's and that's one of those things is when he came up here with tampa and the, they patriots attempted that 59 yard field goal that nick folk just missed mm-hmm. i was 100 percent sure folk hit that field goal to take the lead that we were going to watch tom brady drive the drive the bucks down and win the game and it was going to be like we lost but that was freaking awesome like you know what I mean? like so and it just, it you know and i'm like god yeah. damn it you know but i i of course we lost to brady but i was like we got robbed like i wanted to see that like that's you know like that's what he did forever and for him to come oh, back to gillette and do that you like the story that would have been you know you got to i, I will say for 20 years we did we did that's true i'm watching I, I did enjoy watching the Bucks beat the Bills, and I think it was 2021. Yeah, it must have been the same mm-hmm. season. And watching Brady do it to you guys, that was, you know, it was like, you know what, the Patriots, we don't know what we got here, but I can still watch Tom Brady beat the Bills. You know what, though? I, I actually enjoyed that game, too, because that was our turnaround for us. Like, that that season, yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we had gone on, like, a two-game, three-game losing streak, and, and the second half in that game, Josh Allen came out on fire and we almost won that game. Like we almost came back and won. And then after that, we ripped off like four straight, went to the playoffs. Was, did a thing, I, so. I remember was that, that, was that the game after the Monday night game with the wind in Buffalo with the Pats and the Bills. I believe that's right after you guys beat us. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I remember that because I remember thinking that the Bills were broken because the Patriots beat them with throwing three mm-hmm. passes and then you came out late leg in the first half, and I'm like, "This is it. Season's over. Like they're gonna they're gonna go into the tank." And then you guys came on the second half and friggin' played your butts off, and again lost, but like, but showed the fact that you weren't gonna give up, and that the season wasn't over. And then that's where that you know kind of everything turned, like you said. So it is interesting to see kind of how the seasons work that way, you know. So, um, and I think you're you're in a very similar situation right now where. You get to six and six, you lose some ugly games, you lose to the Patriots. I mean, to lose to the Patriots, to be the only team in Mac Jones's career, you are the only team in Mac Jones's career where that has scored over 21 points where he's won the game. So the Bills have that distinction. The only time that a team well, the, the, has scored over, 20, over 22. Texans well, had 22 in his comeback win. Texas his rookie year. But okay. Oh, or, sorry, yeah. over 22 points uh, where, where he won. And it's it just, just like, happens. you know, that's and it's the only time it's ever happened for him. So uh, you got that distinction going on for you. So, but yeah, it, it was always just happens to us, though. Like it, it always <laughs> happens to us. Like, think about it. Like, I can I can give you so many examples of oh, stuff, man. Yeah. But it's like, you know, Zach Wilson has like his before this one game where he threw for like 300. But he has right. his best game against us. The Jets, the, Aaron Rodgers 
tears his Achilles on the fourth play from yeah, and you lose the start of the game. Crazy. And we yeah. lose to Zach Wilson on Monday Night Football. <laughs> on Bills. a punt return in overtime, of all things. It's not even you know like, what I'm like... so. Yeah. So you giving me the, the stat now? I get it. Like, I, yeah, that's us, man. That's us. Well, so I, the the Broncos game too was. Yeah, and uh, that's you know one of the again, You look back and you I you look. What's back it like and, losing to the Broncos? I don't. Can you tell me yeah, about 12, that? Twelve men on the field. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's like to lose to them. So, <laughs> I mean, it's okay. You lost to everybody else this year. That's true. That's a great point. <laughs> so. We beat the Bills. So. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you For Monday. Now. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny, though, when you look at, you know, we were looking at 03 when the Patriots lost 31 nothing in Buffalo and then mm-hmm. and then won 31 nothing here in New England to, to cap the season off. And I, I was at that game and I remember like we got the backups in because we're like whatever. And Larry Izzo, who's like a special teams guy, gets an interception in the end zone to seal the victory and the place went nuts because we just all we wanted was to was to finish the shutout and you know of course it happened but the bills but now this is becomes a situation where it's funny because we're on the flip side now right now it becomes you know we're the the little brother and you guys are beating up on us and it's like oh we beat the bills oh guess what we're gonna hang that over your head and yeah we might lose by 30 but like we beat you so we beat you we got (laughs) what i mean so yeah so and it's just you know you enjoy the victories when you can and then you talk your smack, even though you know you're gonna lose, and it is what it is, you know. And and you have fun with it. And and I think that that's, you know. And we talked about this on your show, anyways. But the the fun banter back and forth is good. You know, you never want to hear, you know, f you and f that. And it's like, no, we don't need to get, you know, we don't need to get rude with it, right? Like we can have fun, serious. and yeah, that's the thing. Like have fun. It's it's a game. Like let's have yeah. fun, and and you know, we love the same game. We just happen to like different teams. So like whatever, you know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. um but it is fun. That's one of the reasons why I love interacting with you and, and everything's everything's positive. And we can give each other crap and go back and forth yeah. and stuff. But at the end of the day, like we know it's just jokes and, and we're just kind of messing around with each other. So I got a question for you here before we let you go, because we, mm-hmm. we got the announcement today about Hall of Fame finalists. Ooh, Rodney yes. Harrison made the Hall of Fame finalists, which is uh, I know Patriots fans have wanted him in for a while, but I'd love to get the Bills perspective. Do you think? He should be a Hall of Famer, or you think he's just on the oh, outside? Yeah. No, I okay. think I think he should be a Hall of Famer. I mean, so again, like I, I can hate you guys, you know, and I do. I hate you, like I hate <laughs> you so much. But I can be honest and say, like, you guys have had like some some all time greats on those rosters, and uh, you know, yeah, Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, and he was there. But you also have some studs on defense, and you and all-time great defenses overall and Rodney Harrison was one of those guys that like when I think mm-hmm. about the Patriots I think about Rodney Harrison you know so yeah no he, he's a whole in my book I, I don't I, if he's not I think something's wrong like yeah what are we doing what are we doing it's it's interesting when you look at the stats and you think about you know do you compare his stats to guys like John Lynch who's already in the Hall of Fame and you're like well he's actually his stats are way better than John Lynch and there's another guy that uh he's escaping me but it's the same type of thing where it's like you know his stats are way better. He's just not as liked. People don't like him as much, and that's why you know he's not in. So that's been my problem, though. Yeah. I feel like I feel like um, you know, and and I get it. There's been certain positions of certain players that you know I've loved. So like, you know, for instance, I'm when I, when you're a top three or four player of your position at all time, I don't think there's any question that you should be a first ballot. You know, right. so and 
so I'll leave that alone. So like, I just think all field things are things that have nothing to do with your performance. Your relationship with the media during your career should have nothing to do with whether or not you're a hall of fame player. If I don't like to talk to people, I don't like to talk to people. Like that just is what it is. You know, I'll come and do my little media availability that I have to do that I'm required to do by the league, but I don't have to be best friends with you guys and and treat you all to beers when we get to my hometown. When I I don't have to do all of that. And, and the fact that they, they kind of, they make people suffer, you know, when it comes to their resumes, because at the end of the day, once you get in your hall of fame, if you're a first bet, that matters on your resume to these guys, like that matters to say first ballot hall of famer, six time, all pro four time, you know, it, it matters yeah. to throw that on there. So when 100%. you're now you take that from somebody and you make them wait three seasons to get in when you know, good and damn what, like, you know, like, come on, how many got Jerry Rice? Randy Moss, what other wide receiver do you think of that's a freaking all-time great that should have been in on the very first time? Right. Yeah, T.O. The it's fact insane. that T.O. didn't get in stupid. It's insane. It's stupid. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it, it, right. it just bothers me. And, and I, I know Rodney Harrison isn't to that level, you know, where it's like they're – but they don't like him. So right. the same thing. It's well, like – yeah, he's got all the fines too in the suspensions, which I think is like, right. I don't think it's fair to hold that against him, but I, it's more understandable than some of the stuff. But it's the, like I don't know. He's the thing for he me should is get that in, but it's weird. Well, he's a weird the, case. The part of it for me is that if he had played ten years earlier, he'd be widely respected as the best, as one of the best safeties of all time. But because Ever. he played <laughs> Ever. after that, you know, after that time, he played like Ronnie Lott. Right. And so like everyone considers Ronnie Lott one of the best safeties of all time, but they don't feel the same way about Rodney because he played 10 years later. And it's just like, oh, that's stupid. You know what I mean? And so talk about the only safety. He's one of two players in NFL history that has 30 sacks and 30 picks. Like, and the other guy is Ray Lewis. So like it's a good company. And so, you know, those are the types of things where you're right. It's like, hey, you didn't like the guy, the, the way the guy played, you know, the fan bases didn't like so what? Like, what difference does it make? You know, like that, that's the stuff for me where, and T.O. is, you know, purely his, his personality. That's a hundred percent why. And it's like, yeah, his, okay. His personality sucked fine. But like, you didn't like the way he was doing, you know, sit-ups in his driveway. Cause he looked like a dummy. Fine. I, I get that. I can respect that. You don't like that, I can but like, that you don't like him. Yeah. But like, come on now. Like you saw what he did on a bunch of different teams and how good he was. The guy deserves to be a hall of famer. And it's, well, yeah, just, it, it's silly. Yeah, you can you can yeah respect that you don't like him or whatever, but the respect should go the other way, and that you aren't being paid for this job based on if you like the players you're covering. Your job right. is to report on you know how good they are at what they do, or how not good they are, or their personalities or whatever. But the personality is not about the accolades. Like that's that should be its own separate thing here, unless things go to some crazy extreme, like you know people who have committed crimes but that's yeah. different a very different scenario right um right. So, so yeah anyways yeah. well we got off on a little diatribe but spence man we love having you on so much we really do we hate the bills but we love you and uh and you know we love you coming through it's so before we let you leave though we gotta you gotta plug you know tell everyone where they can see you and read you and hear you and everything else 
Yeah, real quick, we just talked about the Hall of Fame. I do want to say Steve Tasker should be in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Other than that, yes. Uh, yes. I just wanted to say that. But other than that, uh, everywhere. You can find me at J. Spence the King. Please follow Buffalo Rumblings. I'm everywhere, man. I'm live normally Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Sundays. I do the uh, pregame rumbling show or whenever, whatever game day is for the Bills, I'm live that day. So we have a ton going on over there. We have a lot of good stuff. So, uh, gentlemen, like you just said, Pat, I appreciate you guys, man. It's always fun to link. Anytime, anytime. Just yeah. let me know. Just send me the time and, and date and I'll be there. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And and I couldn't recommend it more. And and we, you know, we talked about this on, on your show, but like the the way that the interaction, you're just a great guy. And it really is like it's fun interacting with you on Twitter. It's fun, you know, it's always mm-hmm. fun. And that's the thing is that we never take it too seriously. It never goes, but it's uh yeah, but it's a lot of fun and, and you're a great dude and and so we love uh we love connecting with you and interacting get, with you. And so, you know, yeah, get, getting his mentions about uh, Penny Hardaway, too. That's right. That's right. Yeah, uh, my guy, Anthony Jennings, who, by the way, is playing so much better this year. Uh, my guy, he's, Anthony yeah, Jennings. Yeah, you know what I mean? But uh, I still call him Penny every now and again. But ever since you were like, dude, don't do that, I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, you got so, respect. <laughs> <it like that. laughs> And shout out to uh, Patriots for Christ in the comments, man. Thank you for the luck. You guys have, you know, good luck this week. And I hope everybody is is uh, comes out of this game healthy and, and you know. Yeah. But I just hope we come out with the dub. We got to stump on y'all. Gotta stump. And listen, I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> as a Patriots fan, and we talked about this anyways, like Patriots clinched the top nine pick. If you could tell me that the Patriots are going to are gonna draft ninth overall but beat the Bills and keep them out of the playoffs, I'd take that 100 times out of 100. But I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. And honestly, it becomes – you get to this point of the season, and I'm it's kind of like a double-edged – it's kind of like uh, it's both good things. If we win, great, we beat the Bills. If we lose, well, we get a better draft pick, you know? So Hey, and uh, you know, B- Bailey Zappi undefeated against the Buffalo Bills. Great point. Great point. to change. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thanks again, Spence. We really appreciate it. And uh, and we will talk to you, we'll talk to you uh, soon, hopefully. Uh, have a great yes, have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the new year, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Please take care, buddy. All right, we're gonna get let's get into a break, and then uh, and then we'll come back and finish the show. Thanks, guys. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's a hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. MA21 plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pre-game money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, so we're back. Man, he's just the best. Spence is just the best. Love that guy. He's so positive. He's such a uh, such an interesting dude, and so we love having him on the show. So, um, so it was great. It was great to have him in um, in with us. So that was a lot of fun. 
But uh, let's get into before we get to we're going to get to our last our last kind of segments here. But before we do, just a quick thing on the Russell Wilson's thing because, of course, Patriots played Buff, uh, Denver, Denver last week, and <laughs> I don't know, played Denver last week, and you know it's the last start that he's going to have. And then there's some questions about, you know, are they benching him because of the injury thing that he has? Are they benching him because someone came out and said that they wanted him to to take a you know, restructure his contract and he refused to do that. And so they're benching him kind of in spite of that. It's, it's just a complete mess over there, a complete mess over there. And I don't know how you move forward now with Russell Wilson. I mean, look, he didn't look great against the Patriots. Like there's no doubt that he didn't look great against the Patriots, but like he also led them back in that game and like, you know, gave them the lead, right? Like, I just, I don't know. He's been, he has not been good this season. He's he's basically he does two things, and one of them is throw screens, and right. the other one is just chuck deep shots, and yeah. he doesn't really do a whole lot else. And like his, he's never been the best anticipatory guy. He's never been the best at like pre snap reading defenses. His strength has been ability to extend plays and create. He just doesn't have that athleticism anymore. Yeah. He just doesn't have that in him and he doesn't have the other skills. So like he's not he's not bad, but he's not really a starter in the NFL anymore. He's like he's like a starter in the same way that like Jacoby Brissett would be a starter. But it also doesn't sound like he's bought into being like a rotational guy the way Brissett is. He thinks mm-hmm. he still has it and at least did after last season. Um I will credit him in that seems like he was told this uh, by the organization in October. And it seems like the organization handled this very poorly. And he has taken the high road on it, which credit to him for that. Um, but weird sure. situation. Seems like one where kind of everybody is in the wrong, except for the Seahawks who made out like <laughs> bandits in this whole thing. Yes. They and are. Broncos are now resetting and you're looking at two more years before they can be competitive. Uh, if they, Depending on how how they want to do this, it sounds like they're just straight up cutting him. You're either going to tackle on like an extra fifty million dollars onto your cap hit next year, and they're already like eighteen million dollars over the cap, or you spread it out over two seasons and you're still increasing it next year, and you're adding on in twenty twenty five. So there's that's one of those two. And if you do that, like especially if you're taking it all now it's fire sale time you're going to restructure guys obviously but you can't make up that much camp space without moving at least one or two players and this kind of comes back around to the patriots in my eyes because the easy move for them the guy they can move with no dead cap who as of right now would not be a part of their future is jerry judy (laughs) coming back to that name he'd be like a 10 million dollar cap hit with one year left on his deal and with with all of that and the fact that the Broncos might kind of be forced to sell here, you might get them cheaper. You might get Jerry Judy for a fourth round pick. And that starts looking really appealing. If I'm GM of the New England Patriots right now to get a guy of that talent for that low of a cost. Um, and the other name is Garrett Bowles, who's one of their starting tackles, who's played yeah. very well. They can free up some space by trading him. So, um, you know, it might be a fire sale out there in the mile high and maybe the Patriots can jump in on some of these guys if the opportunities there. Right. When old man mom mentions Cortland Sutton and Sutton's a guy that I feel like they're going to want to keep around. Uh, Judy is a guy that just hasn't for whatever reason, hasn't worked out. I love Jerry Judy. I thought he could be a real star in this league. 
it has it's never happened. And of course, it didn't happen this year with Russell Wilson, but it didn't it really didn't happen the last two years either. So I just I don't know if you're ever gonna get there, if he's ever gonna get there. He just seems very, very inconsistent. Um yeah, and uh, so and, you know yeah. and with Sutton, he is um they have to trade him later in the off seasons if they're gonna do it. So I don't know how much it would even help them immediately. They could free up space if they trade him later on. Just, you know, your your issue there is that Sutton is more expensive than Judy and more injury prone. He's better. So, you know, yeah. you get that. But uh, I don't I, if I'm the Patriots, I think Judy is the one of those two I want considering the price. And I also think he's the more likely to be moved here. So, um, yeah, and it's also going to depend on what the Broncos do. Because if they spread this cap out, cap hit out over two years for Russell Wilson, they may not have to move on from anybody. They might be able to fix it all with the restructures, and maybe they get rid of one guy in there. So uh, we'll see. But, you know, some pota- some potential Patriots implications there. Yeah, when you think about, you know, what they traded for him. And so, you know, look, I mean, they traded. So they traded Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and Shelby Harris. But fine. Noah Fant's fine. Shelby Harris, I don't even know if he's still in Seattle, to be honest with you. Um, defensive tackle. And Drew Locke is Drew Locke, right? So fine, whatever. Um, the Eagles. That's true, but uh, which is outrageous that that actually happened. But, but you know, then they traded the number nine pick in the 2022 draft, their second round pick in the 2022 draft. What turned out to be um, the number the number five overall pick in the 20 I'm sorry. Yes, the number 5 pick in 2023 draft, which is Tyre uh, which Devin Witherspoon and then the, also the second round pick in 2023. So like to give up two first round picks and two second round picks and I think they also traded a fifth round pick and three players. Like that's that's a massive massive haul. Uh and the Broncos of course gave Russell that that massive contract and the Seahawks just he saw hasn't it. played it. They're, I mean, they're cutting him before he plays a down on that contract. Right. That's wild. Yeah, which is insane. So, and so that's the type of stuff where you look at it and just think, like, man, like, you see what Seattle did. They added a, a left, they added a tackle who Charles Cross is a good player. Mafe is, is an edge rusher who's pretty good. You know, Devin Witherspoon is their number one corner right now and looks like he's, looks like he's pretty good. Um, and again, I don't, I don't know. How good, in my opinion, I had Christian Gonzalez as the number one, right, as the number one overall player, uh, number one overall corner. But still, you know, I, I do think and, that, you know, Witherspoon has shown some real, real good uh, upside for them. And you Geno Smith Paul. has also been an upgraded quarterback for them. Forget all point. of that. Like, that's – they did all this and upgraded the quarterback position. Yeah, which is um, which is completely insane. Um, yeah. That's – that's the crazy thing, right? And so, yeah. um, you know, and Derek Hall, I don't know, has done – I don't know if he's done a ton for them, to be honest with you. He's their second-round pick this year. Um, but, yeah. but, you but know, you, but They've already way, lost the trade by the time you get to him. <laughs> that's the thing, right? That's the thing. So it's really crazy. And Old Man Mob's asking, you know, who had the worst trade, whether it was the Broncos for Russell, the Browns for Watson. Whew, man, I mean, they're both really we're talking. Bad. If we're talking ethically, it's the Browns. Correct. If we're talking yes. on-field results, I feel like it's got to be the Broncos. Um, it's also hilarious that Joe Flacco just 
came back into the league and is apparently like playing like a top ten quarterback. Like he's I don't playing way better, way better than Deshaun Watson ever played. Um, yeah, you know. But again, they traded what? See the thing. The thing with that is that they're they're still not done. I mean, they traded a 2022 first round pick, a 2023 first round pick, and a 2024 first round pick, and they're trading a third round pick this year. So like. Yeah, that's that a whole them. hell of a lot, right? And the, and what um, last year was a top five as well, wasn't it? Because they traded back into the Texans trade. Texans traded up to number three. Where were they? Yeah, I don't remember, but um, I don't remember where they came. But the the Browns were also a better team when they made that move than the Broncos were, and that was I true. think one of the issues. Is the I mean, this was the issue with the whole AFC West when you go back two years in the arms race you had out there. Every team not named Kansas City completely overvalued the players on their own roster. The Russell Wilson trade only makes sense, assuming he's going to be good, if you think the rest of your roster is, you know, playoff caliber. And th- those guys weren't, uh, you know, Sutton has been hurt. Judy has been underwhelming. Uh, Tim Patrick keeps getting hurt for them. Their offensive line has been not great, even though they, right. they finally find a way to kind of settle it down now. The defense has been really hit or miss. Look at the Chargers. A lot of great names on that roster. They haven't played like it. They just haven't, and the depth has been atrocious. And then the Raiders went all in after going, what, like 9-7, and seven, squeaking into the playoffs or something with some really lucky stuff and said, we're one move away. We'll go get Devontae Adams and yeah. Derek and a pair of Derek Carr. And it was, that was a mirage. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I don't – when I think – the, the big thing, it, you, you kind of come back to some of the stuff with the Patriots, too, them going all in in 2021. And the theme seems to be if you make the big splashy move to win the offseason, that almost never actually ends up winning the offseason. And no. I think we should, I think the other part of that is you should probably be a little bit more conservative with your projections of teams going forward anyway. Um, I think but it is interesting, though. I mean, impressive. we, you talk about the Bills. We talked about what Spence, you know, the Bills and the Eagles both did the same thing, traded a first-round pick for for a number one wide receiver, and it it paid off for them in the long run. Now, they haven't won a championship yet, either team, but they've been very, very good. And so I think that, you know, that's – And Miami, too. And Miami as well, right? Too. And so the, those become the situations where you wonder, like, okay, yeah, you gave up a lot to get those guys, but, like, you the evaluation of your team needs to be correct. You need to yes. get it right, right? And so I think that we'll see. Uh, we'll kind of see where it goes. And, and you know, but again, you have to know what you're doing. If your team isn't as good as you think it is, you're screwed. But if they are, you could really set yourself up to to take that kind of next step, you know? Yeah. So. And, you know, we'll have, to, we'll have to apply those lessons to the Patriots here too and mm-hmm. know how, how to operate this going forward. Um Maybe maybe once we take once we figure out what the coaching situation is going to be, and we take some some time off after the the season, we can look back with fresh eyes and figure out okay, you know, removed from the emotion of the season and the week to week turmoil, how do we actually feel about these guys? You know, how right. many of these guys do we want to keep around? Um, yeah, and that's and, the question, right? And and you look at, I mean, I go back to 2019 when they had won the Super Bowl in 2018. They drafted a wide receiver in the first round, which they needed to do. They drafted the wrong guy. But then they signed Antonio Brown. Didn't work out. They traded a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu. 
didn't work out, right? They they tried to do all of these things, these panic moves to try to fill something in, and they just were never able to pull it off, right? And well, and, and you know, they didn't have they did also didn't have a succession plan for Gronk, which you know, those are the situations where you can't get caught with your pants down like that and, and when unprepared, it's, and that's what happened. Yeah. And they also, you know, sometimes you get unlucky. You know, you make the Antonio sure. Brown signing knowing that it's risky and you get the bad end of that risk and you give up a little more than you should for Sanu. And especially with, with the Emmanuel Sanders trade happening right after that, you would have preferred that trade. Uh, and, you know, you got to question some of the yeah. the way those things come together. And Sanu immediately gets hurt when he comes to New England. So you never get to see, you know, that was basically it for him. That whenever that he got that high ankle sprain, he was never the same after that. And that was it for his career basically. And now you got (laughs) no juice, even though you got a defense that's elite and they just kind of faded, you know, some of the turnovers dry up, you know, Baltimore exposes you uh, when it comes to the run defense and some of the weaknesses you had there schematically. And you just never really, you never find the juice again. Uh, To be fair, that was also a team that had just won the Super Bowl, And, you know, I can, Right. don't usually go back to back. hundred <laughs> percent. And, you know, TJ mentions Josh Gordon, who they signed in 2018 or traded for, I should say in 2018, I, I would push back on saying he was a great signing by them because he just really didn't do much here. Right. He was here in 2018, did win a ring, but he was, you know, he was suspended for, for the end of that season. Right. So he, they almost won in spite of Josh Gordon. Right. So it becomes one of those situations where he was here. We liked him when he was here. And he was a pretty good player, but he wasn't really a huge impact on the field, right? Caught well, Brady's 500 touchdown pass, but he just, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't as, he, had, he wasn't the player they wanted him to be. Well, he had, he had good numbers in 2018, but then obviously wasn't available in the playoffs, which yeah. hurt them. The 2019, he was on that team too, and then he got suspended again. Right. And then he ends up coming off and goes to Seattle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that was, yeah, I didn't they have Demarius Thomas? They did, camp, yeah, in camp, and they caught him. Yeah, yep. Yeah, because he so, was, um, was at the end of his career at that point. But yeah, a lot of yeah. a lot of bad luck there, all at the same time. And you know, that's that's life in the NFL. Sometimes Very you make true. all the right. You draft a receiver in the first. You sign a bunch of experienced vets, and you trade for an experienced vet. Not a single one of the moves works for you. Right. Sometimes that's how it goes. Sometimes that's how it goes. You get that. So. All right, let's get into let's get into our final three segments here. Um, get this we'll get this train rolling here. Um, so first segment is going to be our prop bets. Wait, and, before we do this, yeah, can I I want to add something that I just remembered sure. for this week, just sure. for Patriots fans, because it's relevant with the draft stuff. Commanders switching to Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback here for the final two weeks. I don't know why they're doing it, but Brissett is a better quarterback, I think, than Sam Howell. And I think they have better chances of winning these last two games and Washington finding a way to get a win here. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't shock me. So I don't know. I think the Pats, I don't know. I'm still not sure how the strength of schedule stuff works because I think it does bake in the Eagles and Cowboys already into it, that. Yes, but it, it counts double. Like when you play but, them but I mean, twice, I think it. I think the strength of schedule stuff counts your entire thing for the season, whether or not you play it, the game. I don't think it does. Okay. I've heard conflicting things from people on that, so I'm not Maybe really I'm wrong, sure. But I don't believe that it does. Because otherwise, what, what would really change? I mean, of course, one game. But like, I feel like – I think your strength of schedule changes like when you play the play. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. 
Um, we'll we'll find we'll have better clarity after this week. We will. Um, yes, when the Patriots when they play San Fran, who has a better record than Buffalo, we'll see what that you know if it fluctuates significantly. Um, but we'll see. And you know, if Washington um, wins a game in here against, or they play the Eagles this week, a team that no Washington's you know, got San Fran and then Dallas. Oh, San Fran. Who has the Eagles then? Oh, Arizona has the Eagles. Arizona That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, going back to Arizona, the Eagles look kind of in flux a little bit here. They've been a little bit all over the place with the way they've played, and they're much better than Arizona, but Never weird know. things happen. The Jets shouldn't have beaten the Rams in 2020, and they did. So, so that, that's, um, and you never know what's going to happen. I think, I think for the Patriots, if one of those teams finds a way to win and you end up at the number two spot, you have to lose against the Jets. You have to because it's going to get you the number two pick, and you could get Marvin Harrison Jr. or Caleb Williams or whatever the case may be. But Drake May, yeah, it's difficult. It's difficult to to make that decision, but um, but we'll kind of see. We'll kind of see what happens, and and it is interesting. I do think. That Ron Rivera is out, and yeah. I think that you know Ron Rivera knows that. He also knows that Jacoby Brissett gives him the best chance to win, and so he says, "Screw it, I'm not going with Sam Howell anymore, who's who looked like he's regressed the last few weeks. I'm going with you know with Brissett anyways. Gives me a best chance to win the game, and I'm on my way out anyways. I don't care about the draft pick; it doesn't matter to me. I want to just want to win, um, and so you know, and if it screws over the the organization, all the better." Right. So um, I think that's that's the only rationale. I mean, there's no other rationale behind it. Like, why are you starting your, you know, older veteran quarterback? You don't need to know. Right. It just doesn't doesn't make any sense. Um, So. But I I don't know. I don't know. So and and yes, David, I just do it for the money. That's 100 percent. I'm not a fan. I just work for the money. You're right. That's you. David, you hit the nail on the head. You know what I mean? Well, we, I, although well, we, his draft strategy is to fall to to eight and uh, and and draft Bo Nix, and the Patriots will be back in the Super Bowl in two in two years. So that's great draft strategy. So well, yes, no, I, I haven't been a season ticket holder since twenty since twenty thousand uh, two thousand. I, um, I I don't. When well, I, I does that, he does he does ask about Bo Nix here with his completion percentage. I I actually like I don't I kind of like Bo Nix as a second round or third round prospect just because he's he's really poised. He's got the arm. He can make throws. But his completion percentage number is very high because most of the Oregon offense is very short dump offs and, you know, RPO stuff that's very simple underneath with wide open field that you get in college. Uh, You know, there's really no way of knowing how he's going to translate mentally to the NFL. So, I mean, he's a a risk. He does some things well, but. Uh, and it's also, I think we've been pretty consistent here on the, about like the t- whole tanking thing that we don't want to win games by accident. We don't right. want to go in and beat the Jets on a fluke right. and miss out on a draft pick because of that. Um, yeah, my, uh, well, I, neither of us. I mean, you'd be at the game. You're not going to be rooting for the Jets when you're there. You're just not going to be sad if they end up losing. <laughs> Correct. And it becomes it becomes one of the one of those things that you know, where you sit there and say, Hey, look, you know, if we win, great. I want to win because I always want to win. But like, if you lose, it gives you a better, a better draft pick. And that, you know, set you up for the future. Right. And again, we don't have to lose. It doesn't really matter if we end up at the sixth pick or the seventh pick or the eight, like we'll be fine. We drafted Christian Gonzalez 17 overall last year. Like we got a really good player, but if you want to get a franchise left tackle, if you want to get a franchise wide receiver, if you want to get a franchise quarterback, 
you have a better chance of getting that guy at the top of the draft. That doesn't mean you're going to, as we've seen yeah. a ton of, as we've seen a ton of times, but you have a much better chance of getting it if you're at the top of the draft. Well, and specifically with this draft too, um, if you want a quarterback, I feel a lot more comfortable with May or Williams than I do with Jaden Daniels at this point. And right. I don't, I mean, I like Jaden Daniels, but I don't like him to the point where I'm like, let's, we got to yeah. grab him at, if we're at pick well, four, I don't yeah. know if I feel comfortable with that, with the other guys on the board. And if you want a quarterback, the the simplest way is to have the second pick in the draft and maybe the third pick and you can make something happen or get a little bit lucky there. Right. Um, well, listen, to me, it's top three. To me, it's top three. If you if you love Caleb Williams and Drake May, then it's top three because either Arizona is going to take a quarterback, which I don't think is going to happen, or Arizona is going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. But either way – you're going to end up with a quarterback of Marvin Harrison Jr. And like, to me, that's a win, right? And so, um, you know, you can also trade back. If you if you love the two quarterbacks, you know they're going one, two, you could move back and and pick up some extra stuff and, you know, and draft a guy like Malik Neighbors or Keon Coleman in the top 10. But anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I will say Malik Neighbors as a consolation prize here for the Patriots if they don't get a quarterback is very, very good. And right. I mean, it's, he's not Marvin Harrison Jr., but he is closer to Marvin Harrison Jr. than I think anybody would have expected coming into the season. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's the kind of guy who you can add him to your offense and ignite things. Like I, yeah. I love his yeah. profile and that to the Pats end up coming away with that. Or, you know, they might need a left tackle here. We didn't even talk about the Trent Brown stuff, which I still can't get a read on. It's They're saying... He's gone. Trent Same Brown's gone. Illness. He's not coming I, back. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm all set with the Trent Brown situation. I just, right I now. don't, pe- people keep saying it's an, an attitude thing. And like, I don't know. He had some weird looking plays on Sunday, but also he has been playing through injury. And like, you can physically see it with the way he's wincing and Absolutely. moving his body. Right. And the last, the last time we saw him play through illness was against Buffalo last year. And it looked a lot like that. So, I understand some skepticism about the injury report and why he's not out there, but also I kind of think he's just sick and most of what we're seeing on the field has to do with him playing through stuff right now. And I don't know. I, I am still not certain that he's leaving. Uh, I'll put it that way. I I want to see what happens in the next couple of months here. I just, you know, after what, you know, we talked to Sophie last week, the type of things that he said last week, and then, you know, and again, it's nothing. It's really nothing. But when you see everyone in the huddle all excited saying, oh, yeah. And he's, you know, walking away before that even starts. It's just kind of like, dude, what are we doing here, man? And again, am I looking too deep into it? Yes. 100%. But yeah, like, you, you know, know, who also stands on the outside, doesn't participate in a lot of that stuff is Keon White. Um, right. True. That's true. Yeah, no. And so that's the thing. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm looking too deep into it. And I know I'm looking too deep into it. But like, it becomes one of those situations where like, you know, I get it. But like, you see those little things and and you see what you want to see, right? If you're, you know, if you're in a situation where you're looking at Trent Brown and saying he doesn't believe and he's not bought in and he doesn't like the Patriots and, you know, old man mom says he loves the Patriots and they're winning and he's about to get paid, but he hates the Patriots when we're losing or he gets upset, right? I can see that, right? But when you look at it and you just say, man, like, you see what you want to see, 
right? And so when you see the way he plays sometimes, you see his attitude at sometimes, you see the things he says, then you can look at it and say, well, okay, like now I see what I want to see. I see him not engaging. I see him not being there. And so, um, again, I don't know what's true and what isn't true, but that's kind of what I see, you know? Yeah, well, and it's, you know, if you got a guy who has issues buying in, but who will always buy in when you're winning, um, no, I'm kind of like, that doesn't bother me that much. You expect right. to win. The goal here is to win. If you're losing, you're losing and you figure things out. Then I don't think I, if you got culture issues in the locker room, that's one thing, but I still don't think the Patriots have that. And even the most outrageous things Trent Brown has said are still things that, are, that seem kind of plainly obvious and true and yeah, true. are the types yeah. of things I'm sure, you know, have been discussed with coaches by at least some players in the locker room. Um, saying them publicly isn't always the best idea, but also, you know, he isn't giving quotes like about hating Bill Belichick or wanting to get out of there. He's being asked his opinion on things and giving his honest opinion on things. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a guy I still feel like you can work with, uh, whether they are going to want to, I don't know, but, um, yeah, if you got a guy who's straight up and honest with you and will buy in, if everybody else is bought in, it's not you're not going to expect him to be your team leader, but you can win with players like that. Especially, yeah. this is a short term solution. If you're signing Trent Brown for two years and you expect two years, and you're going to plan for the future in that time span, then yeah, I mean, I think right. that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good point. It's a good point. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. So all right, let's get into um, let's get into to these uh, prop bets. So we're just we're still terrible at them. Um, <laughs> it's it's not good. We both went one and one last week, though. However. Um, I had, so I'm now 10 and 22 on the season. I I went one and one week 16. I had Kyron Williams over 16 and a half receiving yards. He had zero receiving yards. So that was under, uh, cause zero is less than 16 and a half. And I had Easton stick over 210 passing yards, which he hit. How about that? Love it. Um, and then week 16, you are now 13 and 19. So three game lead with four bets left to go. So you better win, but we'll see what we'll see what happens. We'll, maybe we'll keep it going in the playoffs. You never know. Um, but um, you had a Tyler Higby anytime TD, which did not happen, and you had Lamar Jackson over two hundred fifteen point five passing yards, which did hit. So, uh, so that's what we got. So, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? I know I've already teased one of mine. Um, also, I can take it. Go ahead. Um, give me a, my Thursday night prop. Jets as a team under one and a half touchdowns. Ooh, okay. Jets under 1.5 TDs. Love it. Love it. All right. What what's, you what's your second one? You want to go with oh, your second one? Second one? Yeah, might as well. Yeah. What the heck? Let's go. I'm going for a Jackson Smith and Jigba anytime touchdown for the Seahawks. I like that one. JSN, he's quietly been having a, a much better year lately. Uh, and so having him as an anytime TD is interesting. That's an interesting bet. I like that one. Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 40 rematch out there in Seattle too. There you go. There you go. Look at that. Um, so, and then mine for week 17, I already mentioned this one, but Stefan Diggs over on the receiving yards at number 68.5. Uh, I had the note as go over. It didn't matter what it was. And so <laughs> it's pretty low. 68.5 isn't bad. Uh, he does not have to hit a hundred yards to do that. And so that's, uh, that's what I went with. And then I have an interesting uh, interesting one. I'm going with Joe Flacco with two-plus passing touchdowns on Thursday night against the Jets. Uh, that one, I'm like a little that. nervous about that one, but I figured, you know what, maybe the 
maybe the uh, the Browns will pile up on the uh, on the Jets and uh, and take and take that dub. So I like that. I so like it. I I'm also, old man mom has a question here. I'm going to answer before we get to the trivia question. Yes, because uh, you mentioned the the Seahawks in there. Loves Tyler Lockett. Is wondering if there's any chance the Seahawks might trade him. Just pulled up his contract notes, and the Seahawks would have a huge dead cap hit if they trade him going into next season. So I mean, I, I think he'd be a fit. I like that too, but I don't think they're going to be moving on from him after this season. Maybe after next season, that I think could be doable. But for, yep. for 2024, I don't think he is going to be uh, in New England. I think if you're looking for trade guys, I think you're looking at Jerry Judy coming from the Broncos. I think the Chargers might end up moving some guys. And I don't know, those, re- those receivers aren't all that appealing. I don't know how much I want an expensive and old Keenan Allen at this point, especially when the Patriots issue is not enough team speed. Right. Um, um, I don't know. We'll see who else. I don't know if maybe the Saints are going to be. The Saints are in a nightmare of a cap situation right now, and they're going to have to move people. I don't even know who the Patriots would want from that receiving core. I don't think there's anybody they can move that saves Chris them money there. No, <laughs> yeah, I love Olave, but he, uh, yeah, no. I don't know. I don't know what's up with Rashid Shahid, but he has been kind of good for them, and he's fast. So maybe, yeah. uh, maybe I he ends up know. in New England. As a depth option, a fight with yeah. Mike One Thornton for a roster spot next year. I don't hate that. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. All right. What do we got for uh, what do we got for trivia, Matt? All right. Last week we had let's pull it up here. Uh, which Patriots punter was the one who called for who, who took the snap for the intentional safety at Denver in 03? That was Ken Walter. Uh, your dad, I believe, won that one with my dad coming in right behind him. I don't yeah. know how we're how we were doing that. I went back to the, the last Patriots win in week 17 over the Bills, which was back in 2013. The Pats ramped up the season, head into the playoffs that year. My question is simple. Which Pats running back had two touchdowns that day as they rolled the Bills in the series, season finale? That's a good question. I like that. 2013 week 17 yeah. matchup against the Bills. How about that? I like it. I like it. If you could remember who the who the Patriots running back was in 2013, you might win this. But uh, I don't know if you can. Let's see. You never know. I think I think somebody will be able to get. I would. That was, I uh, would hope. I would hope. And that was that. That was that season where the Patriots running game really picked up at the end of the year. And yes, uh, that <laughs> the Bills were uh, not the last team to get rolled by this running back. I'll tell you that much. That is correct. That is quite correct. <laughs> yes. Yep. So, all right. Let's get into our final segment of the day. Here we go. And now for something we think you'll really like. This week in sports history. All right. So it is this week in sports history. Would you like to go first, sir? I have two. Would you like yeah. to go first? Well, before I give mine, I'm going to shout out my grandparents here for a second with um, with a Christmas gift. They got me this page a day calendar for oh, my desk. Sports facts every day. So I'm going to be pulling from that quite frequently. <laughs> In the new year, I got I got all my facts printed out for me. Love it. Uh, what I'm going for on this day, December 27th in 1981, Edmonton Oiler Wayne Gretzky became the fastest NHLer to reach 100 points in a season. His 38th game had four goals and an assist in a 10-3 win over the Kings. That's so incredible. He's just. <laughs> I mean, it's not even fair. You know, we talk about we talk about the goat, obviously, and Brady being the goat, and and so on and so forth. And I, I love Bob Yor. I mean, I love Bob Yor. 
But Wayne Gretzky is just so far superior to everyone else in hockey. I mean, you look at his numbers. I mean, and we've talked about this, you know, but man, his numbers, if you took away all of his goals, every single goal that he scored, if you took away all of those goals, he would still be the number one point scorer in NHL history. I mean, it's insane. He has more assists than anyone else has goals and assists combined. This is just his, stupid. His jersey's retired like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. He's incredible. Like, that's, he's just that good. Like, that's insane. Um, Which, like, by the way, speaking of. Good. No, speaking of that, Udonis freaking Haslam, dude. Screw that guy. And, yeah, and, the, and the train that he rolled in on, man. Are you kidding me, dude? Talking crap about Bill Russell because Bill Russell's numbers are tired because you don't like the Celtics. Like, Bill Russell's not this influence. Oh, by the way, they have Michael Jordan's number retired, too. But you don't see him talking crap about Michael Jordan. But it's interesting. They could have. He could have certainly done that, but he didn't. And, he, you know, he's taking shots at Bill Bill Russell because why? He's dead? Like, what are we What are we even talking about, dude? Like, And that's I, very well earned by Bill Russell, too. To and that's what I'm you. saying. That that's like That's like saying, well, you know, Jackie Robinson. Screw Jackie Robinson. Like, I hate the Dodgers. Like, what are you even talking about, dude? Like, what are you insane? Yeah. Like, it's not you're, – you're just – you're not even – Bill Russell's number isn't retired because he's one of the best players of all time. He is one of the best players of all time. But his number's not retired because of that. His number's retired because of the things that he did off the floor as well. The fact that he was the first African-American head coach in, in NBA history. The fact that he was a civil rights leader and the fact that he always yeah. spoke out. Like, it just – that's why his numbers were tired, dude. Like, learn your freaking history, you dummy. And that's just yeah. like that. That one that pissed me off, and it should piss everyone off when you hear something like that come out of come out of some it's, idiot like that. Yeah, it's just not like what are we doing here? Bill Russell. Anyways, I'll anyways, I'll get, up, yeah. I'll get off. Yeah, I'll get off. I have two from first one from 1953. The Detroit Lions. That's right. The Detroit Lions beat the Chicago, the, the Chicago, the Cleveland Browns 17-16 in the NFL championship to retain the title. Second year in a row, the Detroit Lions have won. Could we see a rematch of the Super Bowl this year? I don't know. Maybe we could. Um, and then from 1964, another NFL championship game, and this one involving the Browns as well. They shut out the Baltimore Colts 27 to nothing. Now, why is this game important? This game's important because it was the last championship by a major league pro sports team from Cleveland until the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. So just, I mean, I'm at 64 to 2016. My goodness, 52 years in between championships, not for one franchise, for an entire city. Um, and yeah. so, you know, obviously the Browns are a cursed franchise, but for the entire city of Cleveland to, to struggle and have, and have what they had for, for so long is just brutal. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of cursed cities, Detroit, like the lions finally get good. Yeah. And the Pistons are historically and hilariously bad. <laughs> 27 uh, straight losses. Incredible. And they got like 41 points from Kate Cunningham. You're your star young yeah. player. You're, you're building the team around and you can't beat the nets. Like it's just, brutal. Uh, I feel brutal. bad for Detroit fans, but it is from the outside also very funny. It's pretty uh, funny. That's pretty funny. There's a there's a, a, a morbid <laughs> humor, a, a dark humor to watching what's going on there. And you know, and you know, every team is gonna give them their best shot too. Nobody wants to be the team that loses to them. Like they're they pay, the, I think the Celtics yeah. play on Friday, and it's like you cannot lose yeah, that. Don't game. do it. You can't. Yeah, you just can't. Now that, that, that we talked about it, they're gonna lose it. Uh, right. 
Oh god, but, Keenan Allen. Yeah, yeah. You just you can't do it. So oh, they don't play him Friday. They play him. Maybe they play him Saturday or something like that. They're playing Toronto Friday, but they're playing. I know they're playing him soon. Uh, and you just you just absolutely cannot lose that game. Yeah, it might be Thursday, Thursday, Friday, and one of those days in there. And they yeah. play the Spurs on New Year's Eve. So right, right. So, yeah. but yeah, that's just like yeah, no, please God, don't. Oh, they play them tomorrow night, Thursday night. night. Yeah, so there you go. So. Anyways, all right. Well, thanks for coming along with us, guys. We appreciate it. Um, it is uh, it is Bills Week, and two games left. All we got is two games left, and we'll be talking about the 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 off season before you know it. We'll be doing draft season. We'll be doing mock drafts. We'll be talking about players they'll be drafting. We'll know exactly where they're drafting, um, and so that'll be fun. So, but anyways, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming through. Thanks again to Spence. Listen, we said this already. If you don't follow Spence on social media, do it. Do it. Because he's oh, a great, great follow. He's a great guy. Really is uh really is one of the one of the good ones. One of the good ones. So definitely follow him. And again, he's a Bills fan, but it's okay. He's one of the good guys on Twitter. And that's and those are the guys you want to surround yourself with. And, and girls as well that you want to surround mm. yourself with uh when you're on Twitter. So or X, whatever the hell it's called now. But anyways, so that's what we got. Thank you so much. And uh and we will talk to you on Sunday, New Year's Eve. The last day of 2023, we will talk. We'll be talking uh, about the aftermath of the Bills Patriots game. Take care, guys, and we'll talk to you then.